talking about praising the Lord with all of our heart. And so last Sunday, we talked about what is praise. Praise, and I'm going to review these three things from last Sunday as an introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. Praise is the act of attributing reverent honor and greatness to God. We don't add it, we just attribute it. We recognize it, we praise it. Praise is the act of magnifying God's name and God's character. That is all of his godly attributes. That is, we help make God bigger so others can see him better. Even we ourselves, praise helps us see God better because praise lifts us up from our circumstances, sets our eyes on God, and he becomes bigger to us and our problems become smaller. And then this third one is where I really wanted you to uh, grasp what God was saying because I've asked you uh, over the last several weeks to um, praise God in uh, trials, praise God in temptations, and praise God when surrounded with negative uh, griping, complaining, criticism. When you're in those circles where people are yang yang, that you confront that with praise. Why is this third thing about what praise is? It's the act of acknowledging God's sovereignty over all matters. That is, when you get cut off in traffic, you praise the Lord. Why? Because God is sovereign. He knew you didn't need to be where you thought you needed to be at that time. Praise the Lord. He knows where I'm supposed to be at any given moment in my life. If that person in front of me is texting instead of paying attention, the light turned green 30 minutes ago, praise the Lord. He knew that I didn't need to be where I thought I needed to be at that exact moment. Praise the Lord. He's sovereign over all things. How many of you, as I ask you each week, have used that phrase, praise the Lord, more in the last six weeks than you have probably ever in your life? Probably a lot, but praise is more than a phrase. Praise is a recognition that of who God is and all that God has done and that he is sovereign. Now this morning, I want to shift gears to talk about how do we praise the Lord. And I'm going to give you a, a warning as well as a disclaimer. First of all, a warning. Um you're going to be uncomfortable. In fact, some of the things I talk about are going to make me uncomfortable because I know it's going to make you uncomfortable. So I'm going to ask you to buckle your seatbelts and we're going to see what the Bible says. And the disclaimer is, is we're Baptists. But before we were Baptists, we are followers of Jesus and the Word of God. So... If you could this morning, put your baptisms on the back burner and just listen to the word of God and let's be challenged by it. So first of all, how do we praise the Lord? Most naturally and most traditionally, we praise the Lord with our voices, just like we just did. We sing. The Bible says in Psalm 66 verse 2, sing out the honor of his name. Sing it out. And you know, we don't sing because we can carry a tune. Most people probably don't feel like they're very good singers. But we don't sing to, for other people to hear our voices either. Some people think they're great singers and, and they sing so everybody else around them can hear how great a singer they are. You're not singing for anybody around you. Whether you sing good or whether you don't sing good. Who are you singing for? You're singing for God. So sing out. The honor of his name. So we're using our voices to sing. Uh, you sing, not because you can carry a tune. You sing 
because you have a song in your heart put there by Jesus Christ. Psalm 69.30 said, I will praise the name of God with a song and magnify him with thanksgiving. Are you singing? Uh, a lot of us enjoy singing. Uh, maybe not all of us sing in public, but I bet all of us sing at some point. How many of y'all sing outside of this church building? All right. How many of y'all sing in your cars? Yeah. How many of y'all get strange looks from your, when you're at the red light? You know, I asked the early service this morning, how many of you sing in the shower, but nobody raised their hand, but you know, it's kind of a little personal, but you know, we all sound better in the shower, don't we? than we do anywhere else. But God is praised, God is exalted whenever we're singing out to him. Um, but another way we use our voices is speaking. A lot of times we don't think about it, about our, how we use our mouths, but words have power, don't they? Remember last week, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So what choices do we have when words come out of our mouth? They're either what? Life or they are what? Death. So speaking can just in our natural conversation. Isaiah chapter 12. I'm going to read a, a few verses out of that. The whole chapter is just six verses. It almost sounds like it's out of the book of Psalms. He says, Oh Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, that is the Lord's name, the Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. So that's the verse I want us to focus on for a minute. As he says, declare his deeds among the people. And make mention of his name, that it's exalted. So in your course of daily life, in conversation are you declaring uh, the good deeds of the Lord, what God is doing for you? You're not bragging. You're just saying God is doing this. You see, you're going to be surrounded by all sorts of criticism, uh, critical thinking and, and negativity and, and uh, whining and complaining. That's just human nature. But we are, we're called as God's followers to rise above human nature. And we're to live in, and walk in the character of Jesus Christ. So, can you declare his deeds? Can you make mention of him? Can you interject God into this conversation? You need to be thinking in every conversation, how can I interject God? How can I make mention of God and his goodness and his glory into this conversation? That needs to be going on in your mind and then eventually finding its way out of your mouth, making mention. The word declare in this verse, uh, let me read a couple of other places in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 12. He says, let them be of glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. Isaiah 43, 21 said, this people I have formed for myself. That's us. They shall declare my praise. That word declare in the Hebrew of the Old Testament that was written in means properly to score with a mark or inscribe. What does that refer to? What does that make you think of? Writing. So you, sometimes we just think our voice is what we say and what we sing, but in this sense, our voice is also what we write. The books you write. How many of y'all written a book? Some of you have. Writing an, writing an article. Posting on social media. 
a text, a letter. How can you declare the goodness of God? You see, everything that we're about is to be pointed towards directing others to God. So let our voices be heard. So we can praise the Lord with our voices, singing, speaking, writing. That's natural. That's obvious. Well, let's talk about with our bodies. Your body. Do you know your body is precious to the Lord? Just as precious as your soul. Sometimes we don't think that. We think our soul and our spirit. The unseen part of us is more important somehow. It's not. The Bible says we are made up of one body, soul, and spirit. Now you pick one that God loves more. Pick one that God loves more. None. He loves you the same. The Bible says your body's been redeemed. If you're saved, if you've given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, your body's not your own. And what you do to your body reflects on your faith in the Lord. And the Bible says our bodies are the temple of the living God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, both which are God's. So that body that you look at, that you see, that people can feel and touch in a social distance way, belongs to God. Now, is my body praising the Lord? Is my body praising the Lord? We could go into a lot of things. We could talk about our, the way we dress. We could talk about what we, how we mark our body or don't mark our body. We could talk about a lot of things, but I'm going to talk about, show you some things that this is the part that's going to maybe get uncomfortable. First of all, I want to talk about bowing and kneeling. Bowing and kneeling for some is very physically challenging. And for others, it's completely impossible. But for the large majority of believers, bowing and kneeling is quite possible and quite probable. It's just, we don't do it much anymore. When's the last time you were in a service where you saw somebody come and kneel at the altar? Or just kneel where they were seated and just bow before the Lord? The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 6, Ezra blessed the Lord and the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. How do you get your face to the ground when you bow? You've got to bend the knee, right? You've got to kneel, you've got to bow. And so they're worshiping the Lord on their faces. We don't think about that as part of praise and worship anymore, do we? Bowing. You know why bowing and kneeling is so difficult? And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about normal, just normal life. It's because we're too proud. We're too proud. Or we're too busy. We don't take the time. Or we don't think it's that big of a deal. Or we're not willing to humble ourselves and put ourselves in that position. Especially if there are other people looking at us. For God forbid somebody might see me bowing and and, and kneeling somewhere. They might think I'm some kind of freak. Pride. Do you know when, when a king or a queen enters um, your presence, you're expected by that royalty to, to bow. In fact, 
one of the stories or the accounts in scripture that almost got the Jews exterminated was all about bowing. There was a man by the name of Haman. He was the king of uh, Persia's prime minister. And then there was a man named Mordecai, who you know her cousin. His cousin is Esther. Well, Mordecai and Haman had this great conflict. And it's all about bowing. And I'll read it for you in Esther 3. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman. For so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. And when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay him homage, Haman was filled with wrath. And if you read the rest of the story, so much so that he wanted to exterminate all of Mordecai's people who were the Jews. Simply because one man wouldn't bow. And this is a human man. Now Mordecai understood, I don't bow before a man. I bow before one, and that is God. But you know, I wonder if God's people recognize the significance in praise and worship and humility and surrender of bowing. Just ask yourself, when's the last time I knelt to pray? When's the last time I, I kneeled or, or laid prostrate on the floor, face to the ground, and just worshiped God. Preacher, that's weird. People don't do that. You know why? We're too proud. We're too busy. We think that's silly. But you try it sometime. Because that position is a very vulnerable position. It's a very humbling position. It's the position of surrender the Lord and saying God I honor you with my body Psalm 95 verse 6 says oh come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the Lord our maker you see one day the Bible says one day Philippians 2 10 every knee will bow every knee will bow one day every knee will bow well that means and, and he, he says in that passage of things in Heaven, and things on earth, and things under the earth. That is, everybody, everywhere, heaven, earth, or hell, will bow and be those in hell, and some on earth will be forced to bow to profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But why should God's people today wait for that day? Why should we not participate with all of heaven? Revelation chapter 4 Again, I've referred to this probably for the third week in a row. Chapter 4, whenever the living creatures give glory, and this is a picture of heaven, and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. I'd like to challenge us this morning to try that in your walk with the Lord. And even if you're assembled with God's people, and you feel the urge just to, I know everybody else is standing, but for some reason I just feel like bowing. I just feel like sitting down or just kneeling and, and bowing. You go right ahead. You go right ahead because you know what? You don't answer to any one of us. You answer to God. And if that's what God's leading you to do, you do it. Here's another one. With our bodies. How can I praise the Lord with my body? Well, you, you've already done this one this morning. It's pretty good. You clapped. 
you clapped. Okay? So when Brian spoke of Jennifer, we clapped. Why? Because we want Jennifer to know we appreciate her. Isn't that why you clapped? That's why I clapped. Let's be honest. When Brian said the orchestra was back, what did we do? We clapped. Why? Because we wanted the orchestra to know we appreciate them. Do you appreciate God? Do you love God? You go to a theatrical production or you go to a concert, and boy, you hear all kinds of people clapping and cheering and shouting for the musicians, for the song. But do Christians do that for God? Do you do that in your worship experience? You say, well, that's, that's just undignified. We ought not be clapping in church. We think that's irreverent. The Bible says in Psalm 47.1, Oh, clap your hands, all ye peoples. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. The Bible says in Psalm 98.8, Let the rivers clap their hands. Have you ever listened to a river flowing over the rocks, the, the rush of the rapids? To God, it sounds like applause. And God's people should be applauding Him, clapping and praising Him. We did that some today. We clapped at the end of that first song because we sang about God's greatness. Clapping. Here's another one. Raising your hands. Raising your hands. Some of you are free to do that. Some of you feel very liberated to do that. I'm glad. Nehemiah 8.6, we're going back to that verse, it said, Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen and Amen, while lifting up their hands. Psalm 63, verse 4, Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Psalm 134, verse 2, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The lifting of hands. You know, when we're praising and worshiping God, you know, I, I can honestly say that I am more free in my time alone with God in these ways than I am when I'm gathered with you. I think that's something about the pride in all of us. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Some of us, and I say us because I know it's true of me, we may not bow or raise our hand or clap because we're thinking, somebody else is thinking, show off. You think you're more spiritual than me. I don't want to draw unnecessary attention to myself. But you know, if that's the way you're thinking, where, does those, where do those thoughts come from? Say it. You know it. Satan, the devil. That's the devil talking to you. You don't need to talk back to him. Just shut him up and do what you feel led to do. Raise your hand. Clap. Bow. And don't worry about whatever anybody else thinks. If that's in your heart, praise the Lord with all your heart. Raise your hand. Clap your hands. Shout if you want to shout. Clap if you want to clap. And bless the Lord. But it must be all motivated by the Spirit of God. Not out of a heart, because the opposite works too. Because out of pride, you can say, I want people to think I'm more spiritual, so I'm going to raise my hand. That's pride too. Don't do it for that reason. It has to be from your heart, led of the Spirit. In fact, that's one of the Holy Spirit's jobs to assist us as we praise and exalt the Lord because Jesus said the Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. The Holy Spirit glorifies me, that is Jesus. So the Holy Spirit helps us to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to give you another one. And this is the one that I could easily ignore. 
because it honestly makes me uncomfortable. And you better buckle your seatbelt and put on your shoulder harness for this one, Baptist folks. It's in the Bible. And I can't ignore it. You know what it is? Bob, I'm shocked. You don't know. I've got your curiosity right where I want it. Bob's probably never done this. Dance. Dance. My sentiments exactly. You got to be kidding. Now I have to say, I don't dance. In one sense of the word. In fact, I've only been to one dance in my whole life. And my dad still doesn't know about it. And y'all better not tell him. I paid my quarter. Went in the junior high school gym. To the first and only sock hop I've ever been to. Some of you don't even know what a sock hop is, do you? But you don't wear your shoes. You're only in your socks. But you know, movement is natural. Let me ask you this. While we were singing, how many of you were tapping your toes? How many of you were patting your leg? How many of you were drumming your hand or fingers somewhere? How many of you were bobbing your head? You're dancing. You're just afraid to cut loose. Because you're Baptist. Now you look. You look at children. You watch these children. You don't have to teach a child to move. And Haley, you know where I'm going. Our boomer, big boomer, eight, seven months old, that boy's got some rhythm. And I don't know if he's been watching Reed and Haley or if he's been watching his grandmother, Lovey. Well, he ain't been watching Paul, but he can move. He just sits there to, and he's in rhythm. And he just, he just shakes. I mean, and, and when the music comes on, he's moving. And nobody taught him that. Where'd it come from? Some of you think it came from the pit of hell. I disagree. I disagree. I believe God put it in us. Psalm 149 verse 3, let them praise his name with the dance. Let them praise, sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. Exodus 15, Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron and Moses, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Now listen, I hope you understand that I'm not talking about this kind of modern dancing that we see happening today. That doesn't please the Lord. We're not talking about dancing that draws attention to a person's body. Or how they can move in a, any kind of sexual way. How many of you know that whatever the Lord creates, the devil perverts sex? Did God create that? Has the devil perverted it? Music. Did God create that? Has the devil perverted it? Movement. Bodily movement to music. Did God create that? Has the devil perverted it? Of course. That's why we've always been taught, or I have, <laughs> that dancing 
in the Baptist church, or if you're Baptist, dancing is a sin. Well, I would agree if it's the kind of dancing you see 99.9% of the time when you turn on the television. I would agree. But to turn your attention to the Bible again in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14 through 23, I want, you to, I want to read this. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place and in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed everyone to his own house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, and this is a sarcastic tone, you're supposed to understand that, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord, who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I play music before the Lord. And I will even be more undignified than this and will be humbled in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. I want you to understand something. This point applies to everything we've already said. Is that David was doing it how? Before the Lord. He wasn't doing it to be seen of men. What does most dancing have to do now? To be seen by men. David was doing it before the Lord. That's one point. Another point out of this passage is that Michael didn't like it. And she despised him in her heart. And maybe that's one reason we don't express ourselves in worship and praise more freely because we're afraid somebody might be despising us in their heart. And David confronted her with this and said to her, you think I was undignified, but I'm going to even be more undignified. And that's another reason we don't do it, because we think that if we praise the Lord in certain ways like this, that we've talked about, that it's too undignified. To who? To your traditional mindset? Not to God's. To somebody else that you're worried about pleasing or displeasing? Not to God's. A third point is this. If you despise someone because of the way they express themselves in worship, how would you despise them? Well, they're looking at them. They're raising their hands. They think they're holier than thou. You've despised them. Well, look at them. They come to the altar and kneel. What, what kind of trouble is going on in their life? What kind of sin are they having to confess? You're despising them. Why are they acting like that? 
when we sing? Why are they clapping? Nobody else is clapping. I don't belong in our church. You're despising him. Michael despised David, and what did God do to Michael? Struck her with barrenness. You want God to strike you with something? Then don't despise anybody for their expressions of worship. It's not your business. It's between that person and God, not that person and you. Told you it was going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> was I right? I might get uncomfortable myself. I am uncomfortable talking about this. But it's in the Bible. By the way, it says David was leaping and whirling. Picture that. Leaping and whirling. First of all, I better not whirl. I'll wind up on the floor. I'd hurl if I whirl. <laughs> but the dancing of those days that they, a lot of it, those ancient Hebrew dances were in circles or in, in lines, hand to hand. A lot of them were folk dances where they told the history of their people and what God had done for them by dance and song. It was magnifying God. But see, the devil loves to pervert what God creates. There's one more way uh, that I'm going to cover this morning. Uh, we can praise the Lord with our voice. We can praise the Lord with our body. And we can praise the Lord with music. You know, music's different from singing, in a sense. You can make music with your voice, but this kind of music, I'm talking about instruments. And I am so glad the orchestra was back today. It was just perfect timing that they're back today. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the Bible, the Bible says in Psalm 33, verse 2, Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. And in Psalm 149, in verse uh, 3, he says, Let them sing praises to him with the dance and with the timbrel and harp. Psalm 150, verse 3, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, with the lute and the harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and flutes, praise him with loud cymbals, praise him with clashing cymbals. Look at all these instruments up here, y'all. We got a keyboard. They're not here anymore, but there was an acoustic guitar. There was an electric guitar. There's trumpets back there. There was a French horn. There was a saxophone. There was a clarinet. There was a flute. And there's these drums with the cymbals and over here was where Keith was we got the we had all the the, the cymbal and the percussion instruments and the timpani and the tambourine and and some people are choking because they just don't think those things belong in a church oh yes they do it's in the Bible and some people say well it's too loud Praise him with loud cymbals, clashing cymbals. Have you ever played a cymbal softly? I don't think it's possible. Get over yourself <laughs> and praise the Lord. Drums. We have drums. We have drums in Baptist church. Says who? You? You ain't God. You may be Baptist, but you ain't God. God ain't Baptist. He's not. Let me ask you this. What do you think praise in heaven is going to look like? 
Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. What do you think praise in heaven looks like right now? I just read it for you in Revelation 4. What do you think praise in heaven is going to sound like? Then we'll have perfect ears. Perfect eyes, perfect heart. Praise in heaven. Jesus said, as he taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. How? On earth as it is in heaven. This ought to be a precursor for heaven. And we need to get over ourselves and our stuffy religion. Some churches are more like a funeral home, sorry Jimmy, than a worship center. This wasn't intended to be a place where we play funeral home music. This is a place of worship. This is a worship center. And when we worship God, it is supposed to be a celebration of who God is and all He's done. Folks, we have to learn a lot about praise. I am learning a lot about praise. I'm not always comfortable with all of these things that I've talked about this morning. But I know God wants to teach me how to praise Him with all my heart. Not hindered by my own narrowed tradition or by what other people expect me to do or don't expect me to do. Praise the Lord with your whole heart. That's what he's pleased with. Don't be, hun don't be hindered. Let's pray together. I want you to spend some time talking to the Lord about these things.